0: the Keepers podcast. My name is Paige Demacos, and I am here with my co-host Chris Schubert. I'm going to call him Schubert so I might as well just start now.
1: I'm allowed to talk here in the beginning?
0: You are. I'm letting you talk. This uh, is
1: 27 seconds in. That's a new record.
0: Yeah I just want it to be known that I'm allowing you to talk. I'm glad that you. I phrased it right. You phrased it correctly so you're really you're in my good graces still and there will be no page rage early on in the podcast which is good because that's what would happen. Episode 1 Episode 1. Get off to a good start. It would only, I, I give it about 10 minutes before the page rage comes out.
1: 10 minutes? 10 minutes. That's
0: fair. I'll you go gonna with it. you going to take the under on uh,
1: that one? Seeing as when we pre-planned this, we only wanted to go 10 to 15 minutes on this segment, I'm a little worried about taking the over. <laughs> so I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take the under.
0: All right. Well, the first topic could set me off in page rage for hours, oh, and gosh. that is Jay Cutler.
1: I love some Jay Cutler.
0: Yeah. Well, I love it now because he's not a Chicago Bear any longer. Sure. And so this is one of the biggest storylines in the NFL. He's now a Miami Dolphin. Ryan Tannehill is out for the season. What do you like about this move? Let's start there. What do you like about this move from a fantasy aspect for the Dolphins and do you like it at all?
1: I love the move. I think it makes sense for Miami when you look at the numbers that Ryan Tannehill has put up the last couple of years in his entire career. And you compare it to the numbers that Jay Cutler put up in the one year that he was with Adam Gase, who's now the head coach in Miami. They're they're basically the same. I mean, they're the same quarterback. So in terms of fantasy, I think it all depends on how you valued Ryan Tannehill Beforehand, because that's probably what you're going to get with Jay Cutler. You're probably going to get around the same numbers. You're going to have a back breaking interception that you're probably going to hate in the middle of the season. You're going to have some touchdowns that are going to be great for you. But really, if you weren't going to take Ryan Tannehill, you're probably not going to take Jay Cutler. But if you're looking for a backup option where you have a week off, where you need a guy, Jay Cutler might be the perfect fit for your team.
0: For sure. And I think. There's two types of people in this league in fantasy football. There are people that overvalue quarterbacks, and there's people that understand how, how little the difference is between the middle-of-the-road quarterback and everybody except maybe two quarterbacks at the
1: top. Yeah, if, if you can't get, let's say, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers... There's not
0: much difference.
1: There are other positions that are more valuable
0: 100%. to me. Like,
1: I need wide receivers and running backs more than I need... Derek Carr. Love Derek Carr. Would love for him to be... He's in my keeper league. He's my guy.
0: But the difference between Derek Carr and Cutler is not that big. No,
1: I'm going to get... Week to week, I'm probably going to have the same numbers. Yeah, Derek Carr is probably going to have those bigger games than Jake Mm -hmm. Cutler is. But I think on a week-to-week basis, on an average, I'm going to get the same amount of points from that position.
0: Absolutely. And that's why... As much as I have made fun of Jay Cutler, in oh it's the very past, easy to do so, yeah and and it seems like the whole NFL community really rallies together around making fun of Jay Cutler, and I think Cutler has embraced it, which is awesome, makes it that much better, but as much as I have made fun of Cutler, I think this is a unique opportunity for him because he was in an essence forced out of the league before he was actually going to Well, he could have gone to the Jets. Yeah, but who wants to I, go to the nobody Jets? Nobody wants to do that, so that's okay. fair. I know you're Jets fan. No, that's okay. Nobody nope, wants to go to the nobody Jets. Nobody wants to go to New York. Nope. I mean, when you're in Chicago and there's a situation worse than that, it's bad, and that's the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And and I think for him, this is the perfect opportunity because, like you said earlier, in 2015, Jay had his best year yet.
1: His best touchdown-to-interception ratio of his career was under Adam Gase.
0: And, and Gase is... I don't like to throw it around all the time, but that use that, term. that quarterback whisper. Yep. He's the guy, and that's he is. Bottom line, Adam Geese is a star, is a is a head coach now because of Jay Cutler. That's that yeah. is that is the truth. If he doesn't do what he did with Jay Cutler, he might. There's a good chance that he's not in the situation he's in right now.
1: Do you think there's going to be a trickle down effect for this? Because under Tannehill, where did you have the Dolphin receivers? And does it change now that Jay Cutler's there?
0: Uh, see that's the see that's where on fantasy value I see yeah. I see Cutler at the same level as Ryan Tannehill so, if not a little bit better a so little you,
1: edge so your opinion on the Dolphins receivers is, is unchanged yeah it, it's no. and the same thing that I said about Tannehill with Cutler is the same about the Dolphins receiver with For both sure. quarterbacks.
0: And, okay. and I and I like Ajayi I like Jay Ajayi and I like him coming out of the back I like. Yeah, I just
1: worry now with the concussion. I just worry a little for bit about that. For
0: sure, it. for sure. I mean, Cutler's the king of the checkdown, so you know he's gonna check down to Jay nonstop. That's all he did with Forte. Uh, I mean, that's he's going to Jay can throw the ball, so oh, he can sling it. He can sling it. So those wide receivers are gonna get the ball, and Tannehill and he have a lot of the same qualities. Very yeah. similar.
1: It, it it it's the definition of a replacement level player. Like without it being the same person. Like, it's very similar what Jay Cutler's going to be able to do with, uh, with Adam Gase from what Ryan Tannehill's done his entire career.
0: And now I know that today during practice for the Dolphins, there's nobody, you know, it's not live action, it's not live game, but all indications are that Jay looked very good, although his comments
1: his cardiovascular uh, is not as great but it doesn't have to be it's okay.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. Have you seen Big Ben?
1: How's your cardiovascular? Is it good for the podcast?
0: Yeah, I'm good. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. But okay. uh other injuries, other some injuries. Yeah, we
1: got a ton of injuries we got a impacting lot of injuries. my decisions. I got to draft in like a week.
0: Okay, so Joe Flacco's out is, for 6 to 8 weeks? Yeah. That's a tough were one. Were you were
1: you drafting any Baltimore Ravens beforehand? No. So this doesn't change anything. I'm the no, same way. No, but
0: Flacco is a potential QB. He's,
1: the, he's a QB too. He's for a backup. Sure, he's a backup option
0: for sure. Yeah. And now he's not there. Yeah. And, and you don't know what's going on. I would,
1: I would say, if, if this if there's one thing that comes out of this, it would reassure my belief to stay away from Joe Flacco, even as a QB, 2 I'm not touching that. That back injury is bad. I'm not yeah. going anywhere near that. There, yeah. are, there are other options that I can get late in a draft that, that are better than Joe Flacco.
0: Okay, so how about Cam Newton, a guy who's coming back off some injuries? I mean, it, it, me with quarterbacks and injuries, especially when it has to do with shoulders or backs or any type of injury that's serious... It makes you hesitant. What's, what's your and, and Cam hasn't been protected in the way that he needs to, and I don't know that that's going to change.
1: I am very worried because I think Cam Newton is a perfect candidate for a guy that can be, and you can stop me if you disagree, he can be an elite quarterback when everything's going right. When everything is right with him, he's an, he's an MVP. He's won the award. That's how good he can be when, he, when he's at his peak. So And, and, I, and I do this too. I fall in love with the potential. For sure. I fall in love with the idea of Cam Newton. But guess what? The dude got crushed last year. I don't have to go very far. Week one of the regular season, that Thursday night game against the Broncos, Cam Newton, I think that's where the beginning of the end of Cam Newton was for that season, right there in week one. So the idea of Cam Newton is great, and he is an elite-level quarterback if if he's healthy, but he's not healthy. And there's one guy that I think is the key to all this, and it's a lot to ask. He's a rookie. It's Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Because if Christian McCaffrey can develop a running game for Carolina, they are not going to ask Cam Newton to run the ball. And I think mentally Cam Newton is going to go, I don't have to do all this on my own because i got a guy that can do it for me.
0: But but my question to you on that is, is Cam capable of kind of retooling himself to learn that he can't run in a lot of those situations because a lot of that is him and his choice and. He's a big body, okay. He's a big guy, yeah. and he's great at running. But he will not last in this league long term if he continues to put his body out there like like he has.
1: RG three. I mean, I don't, I don't, I have, a, there, I have examples of guys who were running quarterbacks that got hurt, and Marcus Mariota got hurt For on sure. a run. And I, I think with Cam, as a fantasy owner. Him not running as much hurts me, right? Cuz he brings value to me Absolutely. as a running quarterback. So, part of me is like, "Hey Cam, don't run as much because I want you to be healthy as a passer." But there's also part of me of like, "No, Cam, you got to run cuz that makes you more valuable to me." And I don't know where he's the the mental approach that he's going to have to have, and this is going to have to come from Ron Rivera. He's going to have to instill in Cam Newton whatever the plan that they have in place is to make sure Cam stays upright because Carolina just from not from a fantasy perspective, from a football perspective, they need to have a good year this year. Like, they yeah. need to turn it around quickly, and Cam Newton's going to be at the center of it. So the same thing I said about Joel Flacco, I think I'd stay away from Cam Newton. I really would. I think there are a lot of other options that you can get before I, you take Cam Newton. Now, maybe what you do is you take him as a QB2, and if your QB1 struggles but Cam's playing well, great, you got an immediate feeling you can go to. And you only have to, in your mind, you're only relying on Cam for one week and banking on him reaching that potential so you minimize your risk.
0: How about a quarterback like Andrew Luck where it's questionable? See, for me in this situation, I don't like the unknown.
1: He's not he's not practicing. I don't
0: know, I don't like the unknown, and I don't like what I've seen from Andrew Luck over the last season, two seasons because of injuries. He's, and have the Colts even done enough to upgrade their offensive line to ensure to you that he's not gonna get injured again.
1: No, and he's not practicing. Yeah? There's preseason games starting what in two days? Andrew Luck is not doing drills. That's a problem. That's a major problem. And I have the and I'll toot my own horn here. I have a key. I'm in a keepers league. Yeah. I have Derek Carr and Andrew Luck. I don't think I can get anyone to take Andrew Luck for free right now. No. Because so I'm just gonna they have to. Know. I just have to throw him back because I'm I'm obviously not keeping Andrew Luck. I'm keeping Derek Carr. But I, Andrew Luck two years ago, if I tried to trade him, I would have gotten the moon for him. Now I can't give him away.
0: Yeah, but isn't it's it's incredible how quickly this changes in the NFL. And Andrew Luck is somebody who I almost foresee fantasy owners getting high value for because I think a lot of people are afraid of where he is, and so he could drop and then turn out to be healthy and turn out to be old Andrew Luck because he's it could it could be this. Well, very easily very easily, could happen. but it could also turn out to be he doesn't play or he doesn't or he is old Andrew Luck of last year. And uh-huh. although he, he turned out, he would get all those garbage time points in the fourth quarter and get you there eventually, God, I have a heart attack having Andrew Luck on my team.
1: And the other thing about it is, is he's on the pup list right now, mm-hmm. which means they can put him on the pup list to start the season. For sure. And you don't do that in training camp unless you're thinking about it for the season. He's on the pup list, missing at least the first six weeks of the season. And, and That's the first half of the fantasy year.
0: Yeah, that's too much.
1: You can't, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. So the same thing I said about Cam, I think it's the same about Andrew Luck. You view him as your QB2, a guy that you need for one week when your other quarterback has a bye, and if he becomes that potential that we think he can reach, now you're playing with house money. And that's it. And two years ago, I, we would be foolish for saying that Andrew Luck and Cam Newton are quarterback twos. Absolutely. But now they are because I can't risk it. That's too important of a position.
0: 100%. And – we need to talk about because we could talk about these quarterbacks all oh, day long
1: it's such a it's such a tough position to get right for sure and these are two guys that have all that potential in the world, but you just don't know
0: yeah and they're they're a toss up and I play in a couple of leagues so I think I usually gamble in the league that doesn't cost any money that I just play with some of my friends sure. that that I don't have a vested interest in because I could take those gambles but in my money league
1: oh no' a no ten pole
0: no no uh-huh. way. I'm not. am not touching either one of those guys. But the biggest storyline in all of, in really all of the NFL, is Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. and that is what to do with Ezekiel Elliott. And I'll I'll start it here. Okay. What is being proposed is that it could be anywhere from two to six. Right. Okay. What I've read is that he destroyed his cell, some type of cell phone that was evidence that he was supposed to give up.
1: That sounds familiar. Somebody else did that.
0: Exactly. So, my thought process is, if that is all true, there is no way it's not four games.
1: It has to be a minimum, right? Because they've now set, they they've set, set, set the, the bar precedence right, with, with, Tom with Brady. Brady.
0: They set the precedence uh-huh. with Tom Brady. And they really, they he looked guilty because of that.
1: So, he's going to get what Tom Brady got. Not you committed the crime, but you impacted our investigation of the crime. So, we'll give you four games for... Conduct detrimental, whatever they call it.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Ezekiel Elliott is a really interesting case because not only are you you have the potential, and I'll I'll go on record, the likelihood of him missing time.
0: Yep.
1: But with Dak and Zeke, don't you have this sense of sophomore slump, just a little bit oh, in yeah. the back of your mind? And can you justify taking a guy? With the number three, the number four, the number five pick. Here, I'm in another league. It's an auction league. Ezekiel Elliott's the first guy we're, we're debating. He's We have a list already pre-made. Ezekiel Elliott's the first guy. I am i don't even know if I'm going to bid on the guy. I wouldn't. Because, I, I, one, I got resources. I only got a certain amount of money. And I'm not going to throw a bunch at Ezekiel Elliott when, one, he might miss half the fantasy season. And, two, he might regress as well. That, those both things can happen.
0: Okay, so full disclosure to our podcast listeners the guest that you're going to get to listen to in a few minutes is Liz Loza from Yahoo Fantasy Sports her comments about Ezekiel Elliott are very strong oh very very strong and it made me second guess my second guessing of Ezekiel Elliott and not for the reasons that people are going to think but for other reasons and so i That's think That's good tease.
1: That's a really good tease.
0: I think that you you have to listen to what she's saying because she has met with Zeke and I've heard this isn't... She's not the first person I've heard this stuff about with Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And, they, and you have to understand, there are guys who get it and guys who don't. And some people can handle the spotlight and some people can't. And there is no lights that shine brighter than in Dallas, Texas. Oh, yeah. No there's, lights.
1: You can't avoid attention there. No. You, you don't he's get, a superstar. Yes.
0: Jerry Jones said it as much during the Hall of Fame game. He is a rock star everywhere he goes. Some people can handle that. And I think Dak Prescott... And his, the way he acts and the way he carries himself, I think he's able to handle that. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think it.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I, just like I'm not drafting Cam Newton or Andrew Luck, I don't think I'm drafting Ezekiel Elliott. And now again, think about what I just said. I'm I not know. drafting Ezekiel Elliott. The dude was the best running back in terms of fantasy last year. I or one of in yeah, case him the league Yeah, and David play Johnson. It. Yeah, and I'm not taking Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not. I'm not doing it because. If I take a guy in the first round and he misses the first four weeks of the season, think about all the value I lose.
0: That's a lot. That's a lot. I
1: can't afford that.
0: And I don't want people to fall in the trap in thinking recency bias, okay? What happened with Le'Veon? It'll happen with David Johnson. He'll be just – or it'll happen with Ezekiel Elliott. He'll come back and he'll fill that void and he'll get, all, get me all the points. No.
1: There's a big difference. Le'Veon Bell had a track record of being able to play. We got one year of Ezekiel Elliott
0: Thank you. One year,
1: and now it's his sophomore year, and he's going to miss four games. He's not going to be able to practice.
0: And he's been showing you character issues off the field. And, and he's playing in Dallas, and you're talking about two rookies coming back, yeah. quarterback and the running back.
1: I don't like to be the moral police because it's the NFL, and you just, you just have to accept it with the NFL. Yeah. But I'm not drafting Ezekiel Elliott because I just don't think his performance is going to be there, and it's not yeah. worth it to me to have a guy that's going to miss a third of the season at 100%. least. 100%. And, and then come back, and who knows? No, 100%. And is that elephant in the room, is that offensive line going to do what they did last year? I know they're all talented, but can they really re- recreate a performance no, that made people no. think I'll that they'll No, I'll for you, no. They, there are people who thought the whole offensive line could have been the MVP of the league. Is that going to happen again? No. Not a chance. No.
0: They have one year. Now they have every team has film on Dak and Zeke and yep. that offensive line. So if you think they're going to come back and recreate the magic that happened last year, you're insane. Not happen. You're insane. That's not going to happen. I'm not saying they're not going to be good, but you're insane to think that what happened last year is just going to magically happen again this year. Oh, they're also
1: not going to win 13 games. I have to break that to everybody. But no, not, that's not happening. They're also taking a step backwards that way too. So Dallas, yeah, they got two great pieces for fantasy, like in theory, with Dak and, and Zeke. But
0: I like Dak more than I like Zeke.
1: And I don't really like Dak all that much.
0: No, but that's what I'm saying. First
1: like, little little tidbit on 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 Dak: the first two weeks of the season, Denver and New York, the Giants. Those are two secondaries that are not going to be great for Dak Prescott. No. If he doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys may start to year 0-2. That's very – and
0: guess where they come week three? Arizona. They come to the desert, on the road, Monday Night Football, and if they don't have Zeke that's going to be a tough yeah. matchup for those guys. Yeah, so
1: so if you're like, oh, I'll just take Dak, and that'll be my one Dallas Cowboy, the first three weeks of the season are not kind to Dak Prescott. No, take a
0: look at the Cowboys' schedule. It's not kind overall. No,
1: it's not, and that's a concern from a fantasy perspective.
0: Absolutely. Okay, let's talk last thing here, okay. the young quarterbacks in the league. Year three, who do you like more, Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston?
1: So if you ask me this without the context of Marcus Mariota's injury, I think i take Mariota. I absolutely love, from just a general football perspective, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love, love, love them. Jameis, I think, has more weapons than Marcus Mariota. Love taking Corey Davis. Mike
0: Diggs. Evans could be the number one overall wide receiver. I
1: have Mike Evans in my top five. I have him as my number four wide receiver overall in terms yeah. of talent in the NFL. And from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be the biggest target. He's a tall guy, red zone. He's getting all targets.
0: Oh, okay? he's, I love him.
1: So you look at a, a team in Tampa Bay that has O.J. Howard, who has... Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I don't know what their running game is yet. Like, I, what is Doug Martin? I, I don't know. But I think James Winston's is going to be really good. Compare that to Tennessee. I love Delaney Walker, but he's old. I love Corey Davis, but he's a rookie. And other than that... They relied a lot on their running game last year, and that doesn't bode well from a fantasy fantasy perspective for Marcus Mariota. So I think Mariota's fine. I I don't think the injury's going to linger. I think he's going to be fine. But the surrounding pieces and what they're able to accomplish, love Jameis Winston. Love him.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm high on both quarterbacks. I like both of them a lot. Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans offensive line is – incredible and can can put up that type of performance that we've seen from the Cowboys Mm -hmm. they're just they are an elite line that is going to protect Marcus Mariota and I think another year for him now you're talking about another year DeMarco Murray another these guys that are Derrick Henry uh, Derrick Henry I mean the one-two punch that could arguably be the best in football yeah arguably and and I think you add that in the mix with Mariota another year another season under his belt. I love – I'm high on both of them, but I do agree with you. I give the slight edge. I'm slightly edging towards, towards uh, Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. And, and it has more to do with the fact that I think from a fantasy perspective, yeah, okay, from a fantasy perspective – That's
1: what we do here on The Keepers.
0: Yeah, we're talking fantasy, not just football, because I think I like the Titans as a football team more.
1: Oh, I love the Titans as a football team.
0: But from a fantasy perspective, what Jameis Winston is going to put up – I think is going to be ridiculous.
1: Now, let's be fair, and if this is another thing you can consider. Look at the teams that, that Mar- Marcus Mayer is going to play the most. He's going to play the Colts twice. I don't love their defense. No, I actually their hate their defense. Trash. The Texans, that's a good defense. Yep. It's a very good defense. Very good defense. I am so high on the Jacksonville secondary with Jalen Ramsey. I-, I think that defense is yep. going to and be really good. The addition of Calais Campbell yeah. in
0: the offseason? They're
1: going to be really good. So you got some tough defenses there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at the NFC South. You have. The Saints, you're going to be able to put points on them. Yep. The Panthers.
0: Their defense is a average. Bi- recency yeah.
1: bias, but last year wasn't great in the secondary for them. Yep. And the Falcons. They got to the Super Bowl on, on the backbones of Matt Ryan being able to score more points than everybody else. For sure. They had a good defense. Yeah. But they, they got to the Super Bowl on the backbones of their of their offense. So the defense in the NFC South, are, are conducive to Jameis Winston being Lots able to put points. up some points. Lots of points. And, and that may favor him in, in a fantasy league over Marcus Murray. And he will
0: throw picks. He will throw picks because he throws the deep ball, but it will be made up for the fact that he is going to throw some
1: bombs. And they both have a running ability as Evans. well. Absolutely. They both can run. I, I do find it funny that we're in year three of this, and we still can't determine which one of them is better.
0: Because there's and they're just so different. And we never
1: we never get that with a quarterback that goes one two. We never get that. No. And now we have that. We can't really tell who's yeah. remember, remember Marcus Panel is going to be a bust. Oh, he's not never going to pan out. I can make the case that Mario's better.
0: Well, let's see what we get with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, because that's our one two coming mm-hmm. up in their year two here.
1: I would stay if okay, spoiler alert, if you are taking a quarterback, <laughs> don't pick either of those guys.
0: Yeah, no, neither one of those guys. Neither. But uh Chris, yeah. awesome first podcast. But we are going We're to We're not done. We're not done. We are going to leave you with a, a fantasy expert, Yahoo Sports' own Liz Loza, and her interview and all of her hot takes about David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott. Listen up. Welcome into the Keepers podcast. I'm Paige Domakos with Chris Schubert, and we have a very special guest today, our first guest, and that is Liz Loza from Yahoo Fantasy. Liz, how you doing? Football's so close. Uh, what's your level of excitement right now?
2: Oh well, first of all, I feel so special to be the first guest on this new podcast. So thank you for having me. And Paige, I love you, girl. Greek girl from Chicago with an eight four seven area code. <laughs> people, <laughs> we're gonna Paige. get
0: we're gonna get along just fine.
2: <laughs> That's right. So um, I'm, you know, my level of excitement is always a little bit different. I'm excited because if um, I'm lucky enough to do this for a living, so that means my busiest time of the year is not actually the season, but July and August, because that's draft season, right? Yep. So I am excited for the season to begin so that uh, maybe I'm not working seven days a week and just six days a week. Um, so that, that's pretty much where I'm at. And, you know, as a Bears fan, the level of excitement to actually, I'm kind of excited for the Bears this year because I have zero expectations. Like if we win that's three good. games, wow. Good.
0: That's good. Liz, I think uh, you and I are on the same page as far as expectation goes with the Bears. And since you went there, we're just going to go right into it. Former Bears quarterback, Jay Cutler, is now on the oh. Miami Dolphins. What is your expectation for him on a fantasy level, and is he more valuable than Ryan Tannehill in that situation?
2: I love this move. I love this move so much because I finally get to admire all of Jay Cutler's do-not-give-an-S antics, but him not be my quarterback. It's the best. Um, <laughs> So I think from a fantasy perspective, Jay Cutler is an upgrade. Um, He doesn't have the athleticism or the wheels that Ryan Tannehill necessarily has, but he does have the arm strength that Ryan Tannehill does not. Um, Adam Gase is one of those quarterback whispers. I know that that's a phrase people throw around, um, but when... Gase was the OC in Chicago in 2015, Cutler had one of the fewest interception seasons of his career, and I believe he was about the QB 20-ish overall in fantasy, so he cleaned up a lot of his games. He also didn't have the weapons in Chicago that he is getting in Miami because Elshon Jeffrey was dealing with those soft tissue issues for the bulk of the 2015 season, right? So, I think that that's pretty interesting. I mean, I've, I'm a Jay Ajayi believer. I think there's a really strong run game here that Jay Cutler can rely on. That is going to, you know, um, keep honest, uh, keep defenses honest. And I think he's got Kenny Stills and Devonte Parker, two down downfield weapons, really nice depth, deep deep threat options for him. And then Jarvis Landry, just the little the little slot guy, the chain mover. Um, so I think from a fantasy perspective, I'm not giving any of the wide receivers um, an uptick just yet. I think the narrative is going to be like, well, Jay Cutler's cannon and Devontae Parker's speed element, the two of them are going to be lights out and throwing deep balls and catching deep balls left and right. I think, you know, Jay Cutler, while he has a familiarity with Adam Gase's offense from his time in Chicago, has to develop a rapport with these players. Like right now everything's ice cold, so it's going to take a minute. So for me, I'm holding steady and kind of waiting and seeing who he likes to – play favorites with because we know that's something that Jay Cutler does. I think Julius Thomas is really interesting from a fantasy perspective. He's had two quiet seasons, but those were without Adam Gase. And when he was with Adam Gates in Denver, Gase was able to use him in the red zone incredibly well. I believe he had back-to-back 12 touchdown seasons. Um, he does struggle with ankle injuries. He's had those since college as a basketball player. But when you look at him in Miami and that reunion, and Jay Cutler, you know, needing to find a safety valve until he really settles himself in this new offense and gets back into pro shape, then I think Julius Thomas is really going to be a nice surprise asset. And he's a great value for fantasy owners not wanting to spend a top pick on someone like Gronk or Kelsey or even Delaney Walker or Greg Olson right now. So I, I would keep an eye on Thomas as a pleasant surprise. And then Jay Ajayi, I mean, I have him ranked as a top five running back. And I think that this team can rely on that run. Um, but in terms of Cutler, I mean, I think he's a QB two. You know, I, I wouldn't. he's not a QB starter uh, yeah. or QB one for me in fantasy yet.
1: So I got two other quarterbacks that I want to go over with you because I think they're getting a lot of buzz. It's year three for both of them, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston.
2: Sure. Um, well, they're both very buzz worthy. Um, very different human beings, right, and very <laughs> yeah. different players. Um, so the thing, um, I I would say the industry favorite right now is Marcus Mariota, though I personally have Jameis Winston just one stop, one uh, rank ahead of him in my personal ranks. Mariota, you know, produced the fifth most fantasy points per drop back last year, which was pretty impressive as a sophomore. Um, And he's got three of the things that every young quarterback wishes for, which is a tight offensive line, a fierce run game, and a collection of robust pass catchers. Um, and you know, he's one of the most poised quarterbacks in the pro- in the pocket. He's also super efficient in the red area of the field. I and mean, he had something like a 33 to zero touchdown to interception ratio in the red zone last year. So I like Marcus Mario Oda a lot. I-, I would estimate just under four thousand passing yards, maybe thirty nine hundred passing yards. I'd give him twenty-eight touchdowns through the air. And then on the ground, maybe around 400 rushing yards and maybe three more scores on the ground. Um, But that, of course, assumes that he's going to stay healthy the whole 16 weeks of the season, right? So, like, when I do my projections, that's that's a caveat. (laughs) I can't always predict that. Um, As for Winston, he was a top 11 fantasy producer in 2016. And... The thing I like most about him, and I think this is just sort of a stylistic preference when watching football, is that he is not afraid to sling that ball deep. He actually averaged more than five deep ball attempts per game. And I think when you add Deshaun Jackson, who's a speedster, and the Metrics darling, Rookie tight end O.J. Howard, who has tons of athletic upside, though I don't think this year is going to be his breakout year. I think Cameron Brait is still in that role for right now. But still, adding those two weapons, D. Jackson and Howard, those, those additions are going to buoy Winston's numbers in my estimation. Um, and so for him, I think he's uh, – I've ranked him QB 8 for, for drafting purposes, and my projection for him was 586 attempts for 4,300 yards and 31 scores.
0: I think, I think he might take that. I think, I think he'd be pretty I happy. I think the Bucs will take that yeah, too. Yeah, I think, I think everyone would be pretty happy. But, Liz, we'll talk running backs because there's a running back. We're based in Phoenix, Arizona and there's Ah, and there's there's a running back that everybody likes to talk about and there's another one in Dallas Texas that everybody likes to talk about okay that is David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott so who in your opinion is it Zeke or is it David Johnson if you're drafting number one overall and you want a running back who are you taking Uh, allegations aside okay allegations aside Oh, you can't you can't put them in Oh, I got to. I got I
2: got I got the whole picture. <laughs> I got to just I got to
0: get your answer before and then obviously the answer knowing that he's probably going to get suspended here coming down.
2: Um either way, even if Zeke doesn't miss any time, I am still going with David Johnson without a shadow of a doubt. The home crowd that, that are your listeners are going to like that. I talked to Jen Welter at the NFFC in Dallas. And she was able to tell me, and I met David Johnson as well. He's a wonderful human being. Um, and I asked her, like, do you think that Bruce Arians is going to limit David Johnson's workload? And obviously, Jen Walter has a familiarity with Bruce and this, this team. And she was like, absolutely not. He has coached him and taught him so that he will be a stud who can handle that workhorse care, that workhorse load. Um, And David Johnson, the thing that he has that Zeke doesn't have is speed and his ability to catch passes. I think Zeke might have that potential, but what we have seen on tape is that David Johnson has a do-it-all skill set like nobody's business. He is fast, and he's learned if you watch his tape, from um, 2015 to 2016 is that he's not bouncing everything to the outside anymore. He's able to, like, his vision and his patience have improved tremendously. He'll find a hole. He'll shimmy his way through it. And he's able to to navigate um, blocks in a better way than he ever did as a rookie. And I think that Coach Arians loves that about him. If you watched All or Nothing last year, last summer, um, he was being compared to Mar- Marshall Falk by the running backs coach in Arizona. He is a stud, the number one running back last year in fantasy, deserves to be the number one pick on any draft board again this year. As for Zeke, yeah, he has a great offensive line. Um, and uh, Des Bryant is there, but his schedule is impossibly tough. In fact, Des Bryant, now this is related because it's the Cowboys, Des Bryant is seeing like nine of the top cornerbacks in the league. In 2017, I'm talking everyone from Desmond, Desmond Trufant to Richard Sherman uh, to, uh, Nor- to Josh Norman. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so that is obviously going to affect, I mean, if they can take away, if defenses can take away Des, then that's going to affect the run game. So I think the Zeke is going to struggle. I also, from a personal perspective, having had some face time with Mr. Elliott, think the kid is flying way too high. Um, he's surrounded by yes men, and I, I think that his ego is going to need a little deflation in order for his numbers to maintain any sort of consistency.
0: Let's just stay right there. So, so everybody's got their own predictions about what's going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, obviously different allegations, obviously all allegations at this point, and has had a few run-ins with the law over the last few years. What do you think is going to happen to him? Because um, I'm seeing anywhere from two to six games being thrown out, and if you're suspended for six games, that's half the fantasy football season. So his value's got to go down dramatically. I just I'm interested to hear what you think is going to happen.
2: I don't know. I I do. I have no problem playing fantasy and seeing what a what a player can do on the field. I do not want to play any sort of mind reading of roger goodell's mixed up brain I have no idea I'm, I'm happy to predict and throw out projections for quarterbacks but what roger goodell is going to try to figure out is nonsensical so yep two to six games sounds great I, I honestly i have no idea i just know that i've i've been around the kid and uh i like david johnson a lot more and i think that I do not believe that what you do off the field and the people you surround yourself off the field won't eventually bleed into your work on the field. I'll leave it at that. So, so, so let's
1: say, for example, he is gone for four games, just in this hypothetical example. If you're somebody that picks top five, top three, are, are you passing on him because you're going to have him out for, a, what, a quarter of the third of the fantasy football season? How does it, how does yeah. it change what you where you project him in terms of what round is best value for Ezekiel Elliott?
2: Well, you have to see where he's going to fall. I mean, last year you had Le'Veon Bell, right? Who missed the first three weeks, um, and he ended up doing just fine. People, the the, the difference also is is in Pittsburgh. You had D'Angelo Williams, who you've seen produce, and who you know is going to work as a workhorse. So you'll just draft that guy as well. Maybe you reach a round or two before. Um, than you normally would for, like, a handcuff like DeAngelo Williams if you know that the suspension is three weeks for Le'Veon Bell. And then you can kind of maximize all of those weeks out. You don't really know. Is it Darren Darren McFadden? Maybe. Is he going to stay healthy? I don't know. Like, is Alfred Morris still a possibility? Eh. So I I just feel like, for me, if I'm picking one through five, I'm totally skipping Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want to deal with that headache. Um, It depends, obviously, how far he falls, though, because if everybody has that mentality – then you're going to get value for him eventually. I just don't think that, I think that because Le'Veon Bell, like there's a thing called recency bias in fantasy football, and that's forgetting all of the years that happened before last year. And so because Le'Veon Bell is the most recent example, and it was a successful one, I don't think Zeke is going to drop that far. And I think people are going to get pinched on production because they're expecting a Le'Veon Bell type season, and we've only had one year of Zeke Elliott, not nearly as many years of consistency as Bell has put up. So we're
0: talking about a, a rookie. Last year, Ezekiel Elliott had a great year, obviously. But with rookies, now you're talking about that recency bias. Are people going to buy into rookies more this year because of what happened, or do you see it as a year-to-year thing and people should be careful to, sh- to look at these situations on a case-by-case basis because – just because it was good for Zeke doesn't mean it's good for somebody else coming into the league this year.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, look at the year after what OVJ um, and I think Mike Evans, what was, what was that year? That every, All of those rookies exploded. And then the next year, um, rookies were drafted, and they didn't produce to the same level. Every draft class is different. Every depth of talent in a draft class is different. Um the only rookies right now that I think are worth talking about if we're talking about the RB1 conversation, and I would say that, like, like is Leonard Fournette, um, who's a big bruiser, who's very agile for his size. He's in Jacksonville, and obviously the Jaguars want to keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands and lean on the run. Chris Ivory did not manage well there last year in the North-South role, um, the, the, North, the role of a North-South runner, and TJ Yeldon, just isn't an every-down back. You know, he doesn't play to his size. He's a better receiving back. And so I think that Leonard Fournette is someone that, like, is a rookie that could, because of situation and talent, we're putting those two things together, um, give you RB1 numbers. But he's a low-end running back one starter. Like, he's not an RB1, 2, 3, or 4. Um, You know, I'd put him more in the, like, 8-10, to to 8-12 range, and 8 is probably I'm higher on him than a lot of people, so most people are probably putting him in that 10-12 to 10 to 14 range Uh, Joe Mixon is an incredibly talented rookie he's had some off the field issues but he's going to Cincinnati where Jeremy Hill is the established starter listed as the number one starter on the depth chart that doesn't mean a whole lot right now Um, but Giovanni Bernard too who is coming off of an ACL injury a lot of people didn't expect to see the field as early as he's been I mean he's he's in practice now and he's doing fine he's a pass catching back so to me Joe Mixon is going to have to carve out a role right there um and it's not going to be like Joe Mixon's tape is so wowing that people are high on the talent. But I just said you have to weigh talent plus situation, and I don't like Joe Mixon's situation and talent um, given his current ADP. I think it's a little bit inflated. Uh, the other rookie would be Samaje Pearyne in Washington. I think he's great, but Rob Kelly is the starter right now. I think rather than draft Pirine, where he's going and draft currently. I would rather wait and then, like, come week five, week six, um, when someone drops him or wants to trade, grab him then, because Rob Kelly is going to start this season, and then P. P. Ryan is going to finish it, just like – similarly to the way Jordan Howard's season last year went, um, at at least from a, like, a a starting standpoint. So – Those are the three rookie running backs um, that I think people can watch. But you're not going to get a David Johnson um, or an Ezekiel Elliott out of this year's class of running backs.
1: So I look around the league and training camp's underway, and I look at three places in particular where they have quarterback battles going on. They don't know who their starter is going to be, Houston, Denver, and Cleveland. And on those three teams, there are players that could be very impactful for a fantasy team. How do you value those players? What do you make of players that are on teams where we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be on week one of the regular season?
2: Well, are you talking about the quarterbacks themselves being of value? Because quarterback is so deep that I don't need to draft. I don't care who Denver or the Browns or the Texans are starting at quarterback because there's 12 better options ahead of any of those guys anyway. Right,
1: but in the case of Houston, like DeAndre Hopkins, or in Denver, Demarius Thomas, those types of players, how are they impacted in terms of draft value and and how much stock should we? I I draft in 13 days. I don't know who's throwing the ball Mm. to Hopkins in Houston. (laughs)
2: Um, well, I think anything. So we've seen Nuke perform with Brian Hoyer under center, and Brian Hoyer we've learned is just good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and any right now, I believe Deshaun Watson, who will win that job eventually, to be better than Brock Osweiler. So again, when you look at the recency bias and how far Nuke has fallen, like is he a, is he a wide receiver twenty? Yeah. I think he's a wide receiver 20 and that's about where he's going wide receiver 15 that they're like putting his current ADP has him placed in wide receiver 2 assuming you're working in a 12 team league um, range so I think that he can achieve those numbers even with Deshaun Jackson under center and don't forget when rookie quarterbacks start it takes a good 3 weeks for defenses to adjust so maybe you ride him high for a little bit and then you try him out and then you trade him out and you use him as bait that way because Nick Foles started hot right <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then the tape, then there was enough tape for defenses to study, and they figured it out. But there's always that Carson Wentz did the same yeah. thing at the beginning of last year, first three weeks. So I think Nuke is going to be fine. Just be careful that you might have to trade him once defenses adjust to whatever Watson is doing, unless, a, unless Watson is able to keep it up. So there you go. And I feel like in Denver, I would give a slight edge. to If Paxton Lynch is named the starter, I'm going to give a slight edge to Demarius Thomas because Paxton Lynch's arm strength is so great. And Demarius Thomas is, you know, unquote, hashtag team tall receiver and (laughs) can just climb the ladder and get those balls near the red area of the field. Like, that's why you like a really tall receiver because they have that catch radius and they're being targeted 20 yards out from the goal line. That's that's optimal, right? So I give a slight bump to him. But when you look at the ADP difference between Sanders and Demarius Thomas, Sanders is such a better value and he's proven himself able to work back to whatever is under center that I don't really think the difference in production is going to match the difference in draft cost, if that makes sense. And as for Cleveland, I mean, I don't know, like, I just, I just want to fade all that. I'm not messing with it. The only like really fantasy, the, to me, the only like fantasy get in Cleveland this year is Isaiah Crowell because they're, they're in such a developmental. I, I sort of believe too. I sort of believe too that you kind of want to like fade fade bad teams. Like I don't. What, what do I? Am I excited about having a piece of Kenny Britt? Okay, you had a thousand, years oh. last, a thousand yards last year, but how excited can you get for Kenny Britt? Oh, I, I'm with you
0: on that. We uh, we sent out a couple tweets and we got quite a few questions. A lot of them are about Ezekiel Elliott, so I'll only ask one Ezekiel Elliott question since there's about fifteen of them. But uh, we, will start, we will start with uh, Joe submitted a question, and he wants to know of all the rookies coming into the league this year, who is going to have the highest fantasy value in your opinion?
2: Leonard Fournette. We talked about that. For me, it's the running back position, Leonard Fournette. Um, we didn't talk about the wide receivers. You know, um, <clears throat> I think the wide receiver to watch is Kenny Galladay in Detroit. I wrote an article about him for Football Die Hard's draft magazine in June. I've been riding this train for months, and I love this kid's skill set. Chad Johnson was on the field observing and posted on his Instagram account that he's, quote, not a scout, but Kenny Dolladay is going to be a stud. Eric Ebron, we how long do I, how many summers do I need to read of flipping Eric Ebron, this is the year, making the leap, breakout puff piece? Uh, we're going on like the third or fourth summer now, right? Yep. yep. Dude hasn't done it. And everybody's expecting him to do it this year. Why? Because Anquan Bolden is now in Buffalo. He's traded one incredibly cold city for another. I don't know how, what kind of massage he is getting because I imagine his muscles get tight in those freezing cold winters, but good for him and whoever he's found and whatever Icy Hot equivalent he's using. Regardless, no Anquan Bolden. People are like, oh, this, now, finally, it's Eric Ebron's here. Oh, but who has, like, a tweet hammy already? Eric Ebron. No, thank you. I'm not, like, he couldn't figure out the playbook in year one. He's gotten hurt year after year. Instead, keep your eye on Kenny Galladay. That kid is a baller. Marvin Jones has proven that he cannot sustain an entire season as a wide receiver one. Um, and, and Golden Pate has his moments, but he's an after-the-catch guy. You've got Amir Abdullah, who I think has great value this year because people are so tired of being burned by him for the past two years. And you've got Theo Riddick, but those are, like, short yardage, think-and-dunk type plays. The Detroit Lions offense loves to throw the ball, and and they need a stud wide receiver one. I don't think Galladay is going to start opposite Marvin Jones in two wide receiver sets. He is going to be the team's wide receiver three, but come like week mm, 10, I think Galladay has like a huge Michael Thomas-like spike in production. All right, this one comes from
0: Desert Dogma Sports on Twitter, and he wants to know, If Zeke is only suspended two games and I have the fifth overall pick this year, do I take him with that
2: fifth overall pick? If it's a standard scoring league, I understand that. I personally, in PPR, I would take LaShawn McCoy ahead of Zeke. Um, I have Zeke Elliott ranked sixth overall and McCoy fifth, but there's an argument. You can go either way on this. So if it's standard scoring... Fine, take Zeke at number five with only missing two games. Again, I would move with McCoy. If it's PPR, I'm absolutely choosing McCoy. But if I do draft McCoy, I'm going to make sure to back him up with Jonathan Williams later. He's a rookie that that the Bills are planning to have in uh, in their plans. <laughs> planning to have in their plans this season, and I think he's a solid handcuff.
0: All right, Sam wants to know. This is the last one. Sam wants to know if you're drafting in a PPR league. What is your first, second, and third overall pick? I don't know if he's got all three of those picks, but if he does, he's in a league with a bunch of guys that I need to play against because I want, I want all those draft picks.
2: I mean, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Those are my top three picks in PPR or standard. doesn't change for me.
0: All right, perfect.
2: Well, Liz, thank you so
0: much for joining us, dropping knowledge. And uh, I think the Cardinal fans are going to be very happy when they listen to this <laughs> podcast. So you really you played right into the audience there. You did a very good
2: job absolutely and hey speaking of cardinals fans carson palmer don't sleep on him if you like waiting on the corner on the quarterback position i think carson palmer is going to surprise people think he's old people think he's washed up but bruce arians is one of the most candid honest coaches in the league and he admitted that carson palmer had to figure out a better workout regimen for the off season palmer has adjusted that he's not going to get as tired as he did mid-season I think people in Arizona have a lot to be optimistic about right
0: now. Liz, I'm pumped up for football. I'm just ready. I'm I'm jacked up now. Yeah, (laughs) I I think Chris is going to – Can the
1: Cardinals play already? I'm ready. I
0: think uh, Chris is going to go run some laps. He's probably going to do some push-ups, and uh, we're going to get pumped up for football around here.
2: All right. Well, I will uh, will join you guys, uh, maybe not in the desert, but here in the Valley in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for joining me, and best of luck on the podcast. It was a great time.
0: Thanks, Liz. Thanks for joining us.